Welcome to Bollywood is for Lovers. I'm Aaron Fraser. And I'm Matt Bose. In this episode, we look at two films that examine Indian Muslims in post-9-11 America. First up, Kareena Kapoor gets far more than she bargained for when she marries Saif Ali Khan and they move to New York in Rensil de Silva's Kurban from 2009. Then Shah Rukh Khan is on a mission to tell the President of the United States that he is not a terrorist in Karen Johar's My Name is Khan from 2010. Welcome back, lovers. Uh, we have successfully survived the death plague. Yeah. Um, if the <laughs> editing seemed a little choppy last episode, you were not hearing my gigantic coughs. Yeah. You're feeling much better, Matt? Yeah, I used the neti pot today, so, uh, you know, that kind of cleared me up a little. Oh, that's good. Do you, do you want to explain to all of our listeners what a neti pot is, if they've never heard of it? Well, a neti pot is a uh, component of yoga, actually. Is it? Yeah, that's oh. where it comes from. I did not know that. So our listeners may be very familiar with uh, neti pot. But anyway, it's a little teapot that you pour water through your sinuses, hmm. through one nostril, not the other. And it sort of feels like you're drowning, but you feel better afterwards. Yeah, I refuse to ever try this. You also have to get the uh, water up to body temperature, which is harder than it sounds. And oh. you need to boil it so that there's no impurities. Huh. I usually use <laughs> like a salt mixture too, but I didn't have it. So okay. like ideally, I guess you'd want the water to be similar to your own blood. Huh. Because you want it to be body temperature and have uh, salt in it. Okay, this is very weird. But yeah, it... I've been coughing up, you know, there's just a little bit of phlegm after this uh, cold. and The death plague. The death plague. And I'm hoping this has cleared me out. Okay, good. So this has been um, Matt's <laughs> sinuses are for lovers. Yeah. I hope you enjoyed it. Good night. <laughs> yeah, now that all of our sinuses are clear, we are back We cleared to... the air. We cleared the room, <laughs> most likely. We're back to regular podcasting. And Matt, this is an episode that you feel very passionately about and really wanted to do. Yeah, and we'll see how it goes based on these two movies. But uh, I thought what with the um, pretty tragic and terrible things going on in the United States right now. And Canada. And Canada. Um, and Europe. Yeah, one thing I should, I, I kind of want to get out there is you see these pictures of people crossing over into Canada. Mm -hmm. A lot of Somali people, uh, a lot of Muslim people trying to immigrate into Canada through... What's a pretty cold corridor to walk mm -hmm. through? It's minus 20 there sometimes. People are losing fingers and toes. Canada's cold, guys. Yeah. Canada is cold. Yeah, crossing at that part of Manitoba, I mean, that's not glamorous. But you see these uh, sort of idyllic-looking pictures of RCMP officers uh, stationed there now. Yeah. You're not allowed to cross into Canada like that. Those no. people are getting arrested, sadly. Um, and because They're of... They're being treated very well, but they are getting arrested. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, because of a uh, agreement with the United States where refugees have to pick one or the other between Canada and the States, um, that's what they're getting caught under. And hopefully Canada revokes this agreement so that we can start accepting refugees from the States because it seems like there's going to be quite a few of them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, unfortunately, <laughs> unfortunately, our world is continues to be full of discrimination oftentimes. Uh, regarding race, mm -hmm. um, but it does feel like, and I, I think that we we're certainly seeing that in the media, and also um, you know from from recent events that because of you know some of Trump's actions and policies that he has tried to put in place, that Islamophobia has spiked. And we've got this uh, debate in our House of Commons about whether or not Islamophobia exists. Too, I don't know if you've seen that, but it's. No. It's pretty bullshit, and wouldn't you know it, the Conservative Party is uh, the one who uh, is not on the side of history, let's say. Yeah. I mean, even in our, in our city of Edmonton, um, after Trump's election and some of his comments and you know, the travel ban and whatnot, we heard about a man in our transit system approaching women with hijab. Uh, with headscarves. Mm -hmm. I hope I say that correctly. Um, and, you know, telling them that they're not welcome here and showing them nooses and things like that. Yeah, he like pulled that. a noose out of his pocket, yeah. this fucking dildo. Yeah. And we've also got these assholes called the Soldiers of Odin bumming around. Yeah. Um, as much as we would like to think that uh, Edmonton especially is a fairly progressive uh, city in re with regards to the rest of our sort of conservative uh, province, we still have a lot to... Do yeah, and 
um, yeah, there's a lot of old guard types who just need to die off already. And and I think these problems uh, are everywhere in North America. You know, I don't think um, I don't think Edmonton is a particularly race is much more of a racist city than anywhere else. Um, but I think oftentimes we we don't acknowledge that there are. Um, race issues here in our city and when especially you know, against indigenous people let's be yes, honest yeah. yes um, and when a public figure kind of comes out strongly um, as you know someone who I think we we personally feel is racist I think we think Trump is racist the Cheeto Nazi yeah racist um, it gives a lot of other people with those viewpoints that might be keeping to themselves kind of um, power, um, confidence to, to come up with them. Mm-hmm. And and that's that's not something we believe in. That's not something we promote. Uh, you and I are, are agnostic to atheist. Mm-hmm. Um, that being said, uh, we embrace... It's none of our business what people yeah, believe. Yeah, we embrace yeah. all people and all religions. And as long as your lifestyle doesn't hurt anyone and isn't illegal um then yeah you 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 live your life yeah we'll live ours and live and let live as they say yeah and we can be friends and we can be neighbors and we can be part of the same family and i you know so it goes i i would like to think that it goes without saying on this show matt that, that you and i have no racial prejudice um but now we're just laying it out there yeah. Uh, yeah. So, but so yeah, yeah, you I, felt very strongly about this episode. And I wanted to talk to about it because <laughs> these two movies, I they do show drastically different versions of the Muslim experience yeah. in the United States. Yeah. But I don't know if the nuance that I was hoping for is there. Like, no. ideally, something like two states is what I was thinking we could mm. be able to find because mm-hmm. that's just showing people from two areas of India and it doesn't really demonize the South versus the North. No. Like, it shows them as being separate political entities, separate cultures, but they ultimately get along in the end in the form of this couple. Whereas... Maybe those films are still yet to come, though, because um, popular culture, especially something like movie making, hasn't yet been able to react to the recent political events. Sure, but, I mean, there's been... There have been outright riots and things in uh, India over uh, Hindu and Muslim relations. That's true. Like, that actually is in the backstory of My Name is Khan. That's true. Um, well, and recently, uh, relations between India and Pakistan have not. Yeah, so if any, if any national film culture is poised to really talk about this, I mm-hmm. think it is Indian films. I mean, and, Muslim and people a, are much more uh, visible in Indian films than they are in Hollywood, for instance. Yeah. If you're Muslim in Hollywood, you're either like in a movie that's directly trying to make a political statement mm-hmm. or you're the bad guy. Yeah, I think Bollywood still tends to be pretty Hindu, um, but you do see Sikhs and Christians and Muslims. Mm-hmm. Uh, you see a lot more diversity, I think, when it comes to... Uh, characters with different religious beliefs than in Hollywood. For sure, That's yeah. For sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, we did do an episode on Kabir Khan, who yeah. is worth mentioning kind of in this topic, and his film uh, New York kind of forms um, a trifecta with the two that we're talking about here. And he frequently does kind of talk about these issues, um, especially in regards to... Um, India and Pakistan, but also New York, which is obviously set in America, and uh, Couple Express, which we discussed, which is set in um, Afghanistan. Afghanistan. I don't really remember what we ended up thinking about New York, but but it, compared to these two, I think it might actually be the most subtle one. I, I think it yeah, might be, it I might mean, be the it might be the like it might be the one that's li- less of a polemic, and it is literally showing people from <laughs> Guantanamo Bay and. Yeah. Like, it's definitely making a statement, but it's a, it's got a more even hand than these two films. Yeah. I, I mean, not to tip my hat too much to the show to come, but I think I think New York is my favorite of the three. I think it's the one that personally I got the most out of, and I feel like it had the most, um, the most coherent <laughs> um, mm-hmm. view uh, on matters, but also didn't try to... 
uh, simplify things or stand as a kind of larger statement for you know, um, for the Indian Muslim experience in America. It, it kind of still kept itself as, no, this is a story about these people and what happens to them and not try and be this, not try and, you know, encompass everything. Yeah, you know what definitely I mean? my name is Khan tries to have its cake and eat it too. <sighs> Also of interest in these two movies is the involvement of Karen Johar, mm-hmm. because he is the uh, producer of uh, Kurban yep. and the director of My Name is Khan. Yeah, and so, um, he has a story credit on Kurban as well. So Yeah, him and uh, Enyore Kashyap, if I remember correctly. Enyore Kashyap did dialogues. Yeah. yeah. So a lot of Bollywood is for Lovers um, favorite people worked on these <laughs> movies, let's yeah. say. Uh, but, yeah... Um, and I think Subtlety are, is not really going on in any of these. Yeah. And I think before we get into this, we'll say to our listeners, um, you know, if you have any any stories you'd like to share with us about uh, your experiences uh, mm-hmm. relating to these issues. Uh, or, any, we, or any Bollywood films you think might approach the topic better. We would we'd yeah. be willing to go back and look at this again. It's 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 a it's an interesting topic to say the least. Yeah, and please share with us because we would love to uh, hear about your own experiences, hear about the films that you're interested in. Yeah, we'll give all the contact info at the end of the show, mm-hmm. as per usual. Mm-hmm. But uh, shall we get started? Yes. Uh, so our first film is Kurban, which means a sacrifice. Mm-hmm. It came out in 2009, directed by Rensil Da Silva, uh, as we mentioned, produced by Karen Johar, and it stars Saif Ali Khan, Karina Kapoor, Vivek Oberoi, Om Puri, and Karen Kerr. Good cast. It's, yeah, it's a great cast. And so... I'm, I, it's hard to talk about this film without giving away spoilers. So yeah, it, I, I think forewarned. It's eight years old. It's I eight think years if old. you've wanted to see it, you've seen it already. Yeah, and in order to talk about, I mean, there there's a couple twists um, that just kind of inform why we're talking about this film. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I apologize to anyone out Fairly there. Very well done twist, actually. Yeah. I, I was certainly surprised. And I'm usually someone who could call these things from mm-hmm. a mile away. So, so you know, if, if you still haven't seen the film yet and would like to go in unspoiled, uh, maybe return to this episode at a later date. Uh, if you don't care about spoilers, like me, I could care less about spoilers. And um, this, movie's, go... this movie's okay. Yeah. yeah. I don't think... Knowing what happens is really going to detract from your enjoyment yeah. of it. So, Karina Kapoor is a philosophy professor, mm-hmm. uh, and she's in India and has a bit of a meet cute with uh, Saif Ali Khan, who is also a new professor at her university. Yeah, I think he's maybe history. Yeah. Something like that. She is Hindu, he is Muslim, and he kind of aggressively courts her, and they fall in love. She uh, gets news that she can return to her post in uh, New York. She was teaching at a university in New York and came home to India to take care of her father. And the opportunity has come up to return to New York. And she has to choose between Saif Ali Khan and New York. Um, but and, does she really? But she doesn't really because Saif Ali Khan makes it easy for her and proposes to her that you get married and they go off to New York. Uh, well, in New York, they move into a um, Indian neighborhood, which I think is a Muslim neighborhood. Most of the people living there are, for sure, yeah. Yeah, um, and that's partly because most of the people that we see in this neighborhood turn out to be terrorists. Yeah, they're all involved um, in a terrorist plot and have been working on things in a, in a similar manner to uh, New York. Yeah. Om Puri and uh, Kieran Kerr are kind of the patriarch and matriarch of this uh, terrorist group. And uh, an acquaintance, uh, a new friend that Queen Kapoor meets uh, is in danger and she kind of discovers all, all about this and is killed. Mm-hmm. Um, and this kind of sets uh, everything in motion where we learn that Saif Ali Khan is also actually a part of this terrorist group and was using Karina Kapoor to uh, move to New York so they could... Um, carry out a terrorist plot that they say is going to be bigger than 9-11. Mm-hmm. Vivek Oberoi factors in because uh, Karina Kapoor's friend, Rehana, asks her to contact a, a friend of hers to tell her that she needs help. And um, she does. And Vivek Oberoi is that woman's uh, boyfriend, I believe, or husband. 
Yeah. I, I don't know their relationship. It was unclear. But he's like a translator and also a journalist. Yeah, he's a journalist. He just got back from Iraq. And um, when the terrorist group finds out that um, this friend of Rehanis is going to help her, they go and blow up her plane. Uh, so Vivek Oberoi decides to infiltrate the terrorist cell and bring it down from within. Also like New York, except, I, except he's not being coerced by the federal yeah. government into doing so. He's on a mission of revenge. And I will say, um, without the Vivek Oberoi character, I think this film would have a very different tone. Yes. Um, it would be a horror movie. And also, it's all of this is kind of punctuated by discussions around the kind of philosophical discussions around the nature of Islam um, and jihad and the ex- American imperialism American imperialism and the experiences of these um, of the Muslim people that have led them to um, react and in this way mm-hmm. uh, and so so it does have kind of a it's it's pretty it's pretty talking movie. Well, um, it, it's a movie of ideas punctuated with explosions. Exactly. That, that's, that's, a pretty, that's a pretty good way uh, to describe it. Um, and a lot of this comes from Saif Ali Khan's character as he uh, starts teaching a Islam in the West. Yeah, and he debates uh, uh, Vivek Oberoi. Yeah. He invites him to come to his class and kind of grooms him to join the uh, terrorist group while also having discussions with him in his class. And yeah, there's a... I thought it was actually a pretty good scene where uh, Oberoi shows up and um, him and Saif Ali Khan talk to the all-white students, I think, in this class. Basically, yeah, all, all the speaking students, roles yeah. were white and tells them, like, you know, uh, the Taliban? Yeah, that was the CIA that made those. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of this is just cleaning up American foreign policy from 50 years ago. And I think before you know that Saif Ali Khan is a terrorist, there is a scene where he mentions, you know, jihad is only mentioned in the Quran. I, I don't remember the numbers, but like 40 times. And love, compassion, all these things are mentioned hundreds upon hundreds mm-hmm. of times. You know, So you think, you, you kind of think that it's going in one direction. Um, and then it kind of pulls the rug out. It's a good twist. You. Yeah. Um, and while it might be a good twist narratively, it's also the kind of movie that I wouldn't want to show some people... For example, for example, Donald Trump, because he would go, see, exactly, this yeah. is how the terrorists it, are trying to pro- get into our country. It proves uh, every stereotype you would uh, worry about. Yeah, and so I think that kind of... It's kind of dangerous, actually. Yeah, that kind of undoes it in a way. And so, like, ultimately, I don't think we found, like, it was the best film for, you know, the statement that we were hoping to make. <laughs> it's a lot like the movie Arlington Road, if you've seen that one. Yeah, it reminded me a lot the, of Arlington Road. Except if the two guys were married. Mm-hmm. That's that's how it's different. Yeah, it reminded me a lot of Arlington Road. So do you think Saif actually liked Karina? Because she gets pregnant. Yes. And they do continue to live together. She's sort of a hostage, I guess. She doesn't appear to be going to work anymore. And she's subsumed into this lifestyle of the other wives but she kind of likes him still i think and yeah um yes i think he loves her because his his actions at the end of this film are clearly out of love sure but he's not he's not an amazing husband no no he's a terrible (laughs) husband yes he's like controlling and abusive i mean yeah no he's terrible so can he actually be capable of love or has he been just playing her the whole time to get into the states like he, no, he was playing her at first, but I think it's very clear by the end of the film that he does love her. It's, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if it really, again, stu- I don't know if it stuck the landing on that. I also find <clears throat> somewhat problematic because, yeah, I think at the end we're supposed to, I think there is supposed to be, you know, a sense of heroism to Cyphele Khan's actions at the end. But he's done some pretty irredeemable shit by this point. Yeah, you know, I just, I do... I wish this film had kind of thought things through a bit more. It, the tagline on it is weird, too, because it's some love stories have blood on them. <laughs> and I don't know if I would qualify this as a love story so much as, uh, you know, a horror movie. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it does read someone as a horror movie. I really liked the Vivek Oberoi character. Yeah, he was um, good. This yeah. movie also didn't need to be 200 minutes long. No, no, um, <laughs> it did not. We, we would have gotten the point of their love affair possibly through, um, you know, flashbacks or something. I don't know. I don't know, know if you need a 45-minute 
meet cute before getting to the fairly depressing main story. Yeah. And I, I mean, I was really, I really enjoyed the beginning of this. Like, I did too. And but... then I think kind of from the Cyphelicon is a terrorist turn, things started to really get kind of weird for me. But I, I like Vivek Oberoi's character. And so I think without him, um, this film wouldn't really work because there you do, you have a Muslim character who you can trust. <laughs> and well, he's a good guy. He's, he's just a good guy. Yeah, yeah. He isn't corrupted, and and I think well, some would say he's been corrupted by the West. Okay, but, but like, I but I think it's important to have that foil. Yeah, for definitely. the terrorist. So yeah, it, it's a it's a basically a battle of wills between these two guys and yeah. their their visions of what should be done, and that's where the most interesting stuff of the movie comes from. Mm-hmm. Um. And I did think the big action sequence at the end was kind of cool, too. Yeah, I was actually surprised. Um, and again, a little bit more spoilers. Like, some, some of the bombs do go off. I really thought that they were going to stop things. Mm-hmm. Um, and in the end, I decided that having some of the the terrorist plot succeed is a good thing um, for the film. <laughs> not, not in general. For the film. It yeah. was a good choice for the film. Uh, because... We feel the impact of that. Mm-hmm. And I think had they, you know, rushed it, you know, had Oberoi contacted the FBI and Kapoor gotten out and they saved the day at the very end, I think it would have had a very different um, well, tone. It would have been Ek the Tiger or something. Yeah. and Another uh, um, Kyber Khan movie. And instead, we, we feel the impact of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, how do you feel about... The ways in which this film tries to articulate the reason why some Muslims and some people uh, turn to terrorism. I'm thinking specifically of a scene between Karen Kara and Karina Kapoor where she kind of explains, um, you know, the... the Bad things the that violence, have happened to children. The vi- yeah. yeah, the violence yeah. at the hands of the Americans. I think, it's, um, I think it actually witness. does a really good job of that. Yeah, I think um, so too. It's... It's difficult to not, um, you know, feel for people who've been invaded by the, you know, biggest technological might yeah. in the world. Like, um, obviously, most Americans don't think that they're oppre- oppressors, but they are. Yeah. And you can easily see why you would be turned towards radical action. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, everyone thinks that they, we, everyone hopefully would not want to do it. or. That- that's the word for Vivica Boy. He's not radicalized. He's not radicalized. He yeah. pretends to be radicalized. Yeah. But, like, you could see the rationale for it because what's been done is awful. And yeah. terrorism is not done by people who are winning. It's the, it's the last gasp of people who are losing. Yeah. They, they know that, um, you know, this fundamentalist existence is not long for this world. So they're lashing out. The same way a, a Donald Trump, for instance, is doing the same thing. Well, and I think I, – so I agree. I like the way it articulates the, the roots of terrorism, at least in, in this space. Um, because, you know, I think after 9-11 and, and other events, a lot of Americans and, you know, people in the West, they want revenge. They want an eye for an eye. That's what these terrorist acts were. They were revenge. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, in, in, in some ways, again, these things are far more complicated than, you know, than our discussion is, is really able to get More into. complicated than the movie is really able to do. Yeah. And so, you know, I, I do like how this film does want to explore um, the roots of terrorism. I don't think it's as well done as New York. Um, no. But... New York was a lot slicker and... Mm-hmm. I think there's a loss of innocence in New York that I, that you don't have here. Yeah, I mean Neil Natimakesh was okay, but John Abraham was great John in Abraham that movie. Was great, yeah, and you can totally see the seductive allure of working with that guy. Yeah, so I think overall, I think this movie is more interesting in the breach. Mm. Like it's more interesting to talk about. I don't know if it really executes all of these ideas as well as we'd hope. Exactly. I was going to say, I think overall we, you know, appreciate the, the conversation that this film elicits, but the film itself has problems. It's way too long. Way too long. Yeah. Yeah. And it really heeps on the melodrama. 
Yeah, it, it really drags. And there's, I didn't find anything really interesting in the, the filmmaking or the cinematography or the editing. No, it's kind of your standard uh, post-born identity. Yeah. 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 All right. Well, that brings us to Interval. <laughs> On that cheery note. Yeah. What are we going to play, Matt? Well, we're going to play Alahi Rahim from uh, My Name is Khan. Allah That was Alahi Rahim from uh, My Name is Khan, directed by Karen Johar. <laughs> and one of the stranger movies I've watched in a while. This uh, this movie is all over the place. If you want to talk a movie about a movie that <laughs> tries to be the polar opposite of Kurban with its depiction of Muslim mm-hmm. Americans, mm-hmm. it is this one. Because <laughs> Which ultimately works well for the episode. You know, we have two sides of... Uh... Yeah, but it doesn't really Issue? have it doesn't really have any subtlety, which no. is sort of what I was looking for. But yeah, subtlety is not really a Karen Johar thing. No, uh, <laughs> which I guess I should have remembered that. But uh, yeah, uh, so stars Shah Rukh Khan and Kajal, along with Jimmy Shergill, almost unrecognizable Jimmy Shergill. Yeah, he really aged in between <laughs> Mohabbatine and My Name Is Khan. Okay, Shah Rukh plays. A um, man with pretty severe Aspergers. Yeah. Um, and he and his brother, who is eventually played by Jimmy Shergill when he grows up, they um, are Muslim men who eventually move to the States for school. And they want to get their mother out too, but uh, unfortunately she dies. Yeah, she's passed away by the time that Shah Rukh Khan goes to the States. They go to San Francisco. But they, he, he does have a nice relationship with his mother. And yeah. um, kind of her her uh, teachings to this guy with a lot of developmental issues um, do for, form the backbone of his philosophy, which is there are good people and bad people out there. I am a good person. <laughs> yeah. Um, which is a philosophy that a lot of people do share, but... Uh, he is a uniquely good person, I'll say that. He, he is. What we see kind of in this, uh, I guess, this kind of prologue to the, the story proper um, of him growing up in India is that he, he's different. He has a form of Asperger's, which isn't diagnosed until he gets to the U.S., mm-hmm. um, but that he, he has is incredible incredibly me- mechanical aptitude. Yeah. yeah, he has an incredible aptitude for fixing things. Um, and remembering things. Yeah. He's extremely smart, but he takes everything literally. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, if you sarcastically say, you know, I'd rather die than eat these mushrooms. Yeah. Something <laughs> I've said many, many times. Um, he would think, oh, no, 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 don't die, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh, Shark and uh, Jimmy do move to the States. Yeah. And, well, Jimmy's there first. And he sets uh, his older brother up, I guess. Yeah, his older brother up with a job selling um, makeup and uh, face <laughs> care stuff. Skincare stuff. And it's <laughs> while doing this and while going to various salons in uh, San Francisco. Can I just say, watching Shah Rukh Khan try out face masks and learn about skincare. I'm a big skincare junkie. Uh, so this like really... That made the movie for it, you. It, it was really, really exciting for me and I just, uh, yeah, I got, I got very happy about that. Anyway, <laughs> uh, selling skincare leads uh, Shark to find Kajal, who works at a uh, beauty salon, mm-hmm. and they begin a uh, romance together. He falls in love with her instantly. Instantly, yeah. But then she kind of uh, takes a while to come around to him. Uh, she she doesn't immediately recognize that he has a developmental disability, mm-hmm. um, but doesn't uh, judge him at all for that. Um, and in fact, she kind of is the one that kind of in, in their meet cue kind of steps in and tells other people like, what's wrong with you? Can't you see, you know, yeah. that, 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 you know, he is reacting to you yelling at him. And he's also been train. diagnosed at this point yeah. by uh, Jimmy Shergill's wife, who is a psychologist. So exactly. Yeah. Uh, so he knows, she- he knows and he can spout off right away that I have Asperger's. It's yeah. tough for me to distinguish yeah. between fantasy and reality, that kind of thing. 
But she takes a while to come around to his charms, partly because she is a divorcee uh, with a young son. Yeah, Samir. Yeah, and so she has all of that to consider. But she does fall in love with him, partly because she sees uh, how Shah Rukh Khan treats her son. And they form a bond, and she feels that, you know, he would be, be good for them. They make a nice family unit. Yeah. So and they move out of San Francisco. She starts her own shop. Mm-hmm. They get married. And she's Hindu. Yeah. So, again, a Hindu woman and a Muslim man. Yeah. Um, and Drastically ev- different circumstances. Everything is going really well until 9-11. I think that this is probably the high point of the movie. Yeah. Just seeing how 9-11 changes everything. Yeah. Um, and... They they have a family of uh, they have family friends who live next door and um, Samir is friends with their son of white Reese. people yeah they're white people uh, Samir Samir is friends with the son Reese and the the father of this family dies in Afghanistan I think he's a reporter right like, right yeah he goes there and this sort of drives a wedge between the two families and the the moment at which you know all the characters see nine eleven happening. And um, um, various indignities performed towards Muslim people after that. Yeah. Uh, that, uh, to me, that was, it felt real, which is something you don't often get in a Karen Johar film. Yeah. So, you know, because Kajal's last name is Khan, uh, her business kind of goes under. Cause Khan her, now, because yeah. after she's married. Uh, her business goes under. They call him Khan the whole movie, too. I always thought that was weird. Yeah, because, his first name is Rizvan. Yeah, his first name is Rizvan, but... Um, Samir calls him Khan. Kajal calls him Khan. I mean, the movie is called My Name is Khan, but yeah. you don't call your dad, you know, your own last name. Yeah. It's weird. But pretty much everyone um, in the family uh, encounters some sort of discrimination, and they see how, uh, you know, the post-9-11 world is less friendly to Muslims in America. Uh, then a great tragedy happens, which we won't get into, and uh, it drives a wedge between Kajal and Shah Rukh Khan, and she <laughs> flippantly says that the only way he can fix it is if he goes and tells the President of the United States that, that he is not a terrorist. He is not a terrorist. He has to say, my name is Khan, and I am not a terrorist. And then the movie becomes, uh, well... It becomes something else, but it before, was before then... flashing back and yes. forth from this road trip that he's taking around the U.S., we don't know what, why he's doing this. We know he yeah. wants to speak to the president. We know what he wants to say to the president. And, again, I think this is very strong. Before you actually realize what he's doing, yeah. I think the this quest for this normal guy who wants to go meet the president at potentially the worst possible <laughs> time to try and meet the president when your name is Rizvan Khan. Yeah, it's right around the time that uh, George W. Bush is... Uh um, stepping out of office and Barack Obama is stepping into yeah, office. Yeah, late 2008. And so, <laughs> yeah, it, it then becomes this crazy road trip movie of, you know, Shah Rukh Khan with Asperger's trailing the American president to try and tell him uh, this important thing. And he gets caught up with a... Uh, he meets a, a variety of and, interesting people along yeah, the way. He gets caught up with a woman and her son in the South... <laughs> In Georgia, this is where the movie goes off the rails for me. I actually turned to you and said, did he go back in time? Because he finds an idyllic village of black people in Georgia who, it's unclear why, but everyone apparently can understand Hindi because they have a, uh, they have a church service to uh, uh, honor the um, you know fallen soldiers in the, from the neighborhood and that kind of thing. And mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Rizvan goes up and talks about a recent loss that he has also suffered. He did, he does this whole speech in Hindi and everyone seems <laughs> to get it. But um, the mother is about as stereotypical of a you know sassy black lady that you could ask for. And this, <laughs> this view, view of race is what I found much more um, reactionary. Yep. Or awkward, really, than the actually fairly nuanced portrayal of being a Muslim person in, yeah. in America. Also, uh, wouldn't you believe, Matt, that uh, essentially stalking the President of the United States will get you maybe, uh, you know, people start looking at you suspiciously and get you thrown in jail? <laughs> yeah, that 
That also rang true to me. Yeah. Uh, and but then he kind of becomes a... A cause celeb. A cause celeb. This, like, media sensation. Oh. So this movie is Forrest Gump. And Forrest Gump is your least favorite movie of all time. Discuss. I, okay. I, I do. I hate, I hate, 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 hate Forrest Gump. I, you can't find a movie I hate more than Forrest Gump. Um... Although, please don't tweet at me about movies like that are that you think are worse than Forrest Gump. I, you know, it's come up on a few podcasts before how much I hate Forrest Gump, and I always get people telling me, oh, you're wrong, whatever. If you like Forrest Gump, great for you. But um, the reason I think Forrest Gump is because I, it, it, I think it's toxic, and I think it um, robs the 20th century of its meaning. Um, <laughs> because some dumb guy walked in and, you know... Wrote the lyrics to Imagine. And, yeah. You know, and it just... I mean, I think the thing is a is a nostalgia-laden placebo. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, it, I, I... Is this why you hate Back to the Future, too? Because a white guy invented rock and roll? I do kind of... Well, it, I mean, they're both Robert Zemeckis films, Matt. Yeah, but, like, it's it's that revisionist history thing that that's why you hate Back to the Future. Even though in Back to the Future, it's actually revisionist history because a man from the, pa- from the future has gone to the past. I mean... Kind of. I don't hate. I don't hate Back to the Future. I just don't like Back to the Future. I don't think Back to the Future is as toxic as Forrest Gump, but it does have some of the issues I see in Forrest Gump. Okay. Well, I mean, Forrest Gump is also incredibly sexist. Yeah. What do you think of Forrest Gump v My Name's Khan? Because it has been referenced many times as a you know similar sort of film. But what I was going to say is I don't actually think they're that directly comparable. Hmm. Um, At least from my perspective, because you don't have. Shah Khan kind of going through history. He's going know, through the, the current moment. He's going through the current moment. And meeting and think, various weirdos. And I think that's... Not weirdos. I shouldn't say that. <laughs> I think that's very that's very different than what you have in Forrest Gump. I mean, I, I do see some of the similarities or parallels. You know, you have um, someone with a developmental disability who had a strong relationship with their mother, who doesn't understand... Um, the larger issues in the world around him. Who's set upon a quest by his lady love. Exactly. So, yeah. I mean, I do I, I do see the parallels, but I think this is a very different movie. I think um, they both do have a similar problem, though, of, you know, kind of reducing their major issues and themes um, to a very simplistic answer. Mm-hmm. And I think, I mean, unfortunately, Bollywood... Um, you know, which is known for melodrama and spectacle, um, doesn't isn't necessarily equipped to deal with the nuances of these issues. And that is not to say that it couldn't. I mean, I think we've seen some some Bollywood films that uh, have a lot of depth, um, but this one just you know really wants to simplify things in a way that ultimately I find. Very unsatisfying and very problematic. Yeah. I want to read a little bit of a review that uh, Annie Biswas did on uh, Letterboxd mm-hmm. for this film because he also mentions Forrest Gump. And uh, yeah, I'll just go right from the top here. One of the main reasons I think I'm still able to enjoy Forrest Gump, even though it's co- very commonly accepted as sentimental, hashtag problematic, claptrap now, is how I'm mostly divorced from the reality of the historical events it remixes and simplifies. While I recognize the white morality through which that film filters its historical events, I'm able to sort of abandon any thoughts I may have had as a historian and enjoy the film on its own merits because sim- simply because I wasn't there for any of the stuff that happened. I can't feign that ignorance with the realities that my name is Khan, Karen Johar's catastrophically misjudged post-9-11 Forrest Gump reimagining purports to be showing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a well-written. Go- la- later on, what the fuck is Khan about? Indian people should be less judgmental towards the differently able because they're magical racism solvers. Black people only re- deserve our respect because of our hilariously skewed perceptions about them. Johar should never stick his nose in problem cinema again. And I kind of agree. Yeah. Um, yeah, he really puts the, it, the, the, the kind of, he hits the nail on the head. While it does simplify the Muslim experience into movie length, the Muslim American experience post 9 11, I thought that was okay. As soon as he goes to Georgia and becomes a Indian savior type of this village that's yeah. uh, menaced by a hurricane and just 
like it's it's a village built into a bowl, so it's going to get flooded, and the inhabitants apparently have no wherewithal to get out of town or you know set up their own defenses. And the Red Cross is nowhere. The argument is that um, the army is too busy in Iraq at the time to help, which. There's a lot of army out there. I, I I don't think the entire thing was there. You got the national guard. You've got you know, you've you've got state th- police. Like it it just like, seems inconceivable. I like the the way that you refer to army like they do on Arrested Development. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I won these medals at army. Yes. Yeah, I think this one loses me from the point at which Casual says go and tell the president. Like that's that's the moment when it loses me. Up. In- I mean, he is a very suggestible guy who yeah. thinks. Okay, well, my wife says I should do this, so I have to do this. And the movie was so much better before you knew the reason why he was doing this. Like, if if it was just a, you know, kind of crazy dream that this guy had, I'm going to meet the president and tell him this, that's understandable. People have crazy dreams all the time. The fact that he thinks that if he does this, he can get his wife back. Even if you cut all that road trip out stuff out of the first half, I still like the film. Mm-hmm. Like I, it doesn't need like every time I went back to that road trip stuff, I was like, oh, what's this doing here? I mean, well, I it, was, it, was, it was effective at building suspense. We didn't know, yeah. uh, we didn't actually know what the tragedy was. But I think even if you took that out, that this narrative of you know this 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 young boy in India moving to San Francisco, falling in love with Casual, nine eleven, how that changes their world, all of that was really compelling stuff. Mm-hmm. But the moment that casual freaks out at him and says go and tell the president my name my name is Khan and I'm not a terrorist that's when it stops being about their story and starts to kind of want to become where where suddenly Shah Rukh Khan I feel like is supposed to stand in he's a symbol for now. all yeah. Muslims yeah. in America and he's- that that doesn't work no it doesn't that doesn't work when it's just about him um, and his experiences, and and all that is really compelling. I think he actually does a pretty as, good job acting as someone with oh, very yeah. very severe Asperger's. Yeah, and he he won the film for award for best actor. Kajal won for best actress, and Karen Johar won uh, for best director. Um, so the film was very well received. I mean, it's kind of a cliche um, that you, if you want to get an award, you play someone with a disability like that. He's but very good. He does he does a good job, and more so than that. He actually inhabits the character so much that you can kind of anticipate what that person's reaction is going to be. And I mean, like, I think I think it's also believable that Kajal would fall in love with him. I think I, I you know, I mean, he's, he looks like Shah Rukh Khan, so that helps. But I think, mm-hmm. like, he's very charming. And I, and I like a film that shows that, you know, um, that someone with disabilities can still have a full life. And, th- and that's a big part of it because his mother says, you know, go and, you know, build a life for yourself. And he does that. And so... All that stuff is really compelling. As soon as it starts to want to, you know, kind of... Argue something bigger than it could possibly pull off. Yeah. He goes to a mosque and uncovers a, you know, conspiracy there and then tries to tell the FBI. And it basically puts this character, who we like at this point, into a series of situations where there is no choice but to be the absolute pinnacle of human existence. Like, this guy is untouchable. He's awesome. Yeah. Everything he does is great. Why? Because he's put into situations where there are no alternatives. Just because you have a simple character doesn't mean you need to make a simple film. Yeah. And and he's not a simple character. He, no. He just well, seems you know that what way. I meant by yeah. the word simple. Yeah. He seems that way, but yeah. he's he's very clever. It's just he has trouble expressing himself. Yeah. I mean, this this film needs to get off of its soapbox because it, if you're going to get on that soapbox, you you need to do it better than this. You need to uh, just, yeah, have more nuance, have more depth than this is really capable of presenting. On the plus or side... Or willing to present. On the plus Everyone side... Everyone is reduced to a stereotype in the second half. On the plus side... Pretty solid George W. Bush impersonator. Yeah, yeah, that guy. Was, Much better was than impressed. the Barack Obama they got. Yeah, apparently that guy was known for doing Barack Obama on like one of the late night shows. Yeah, I don't know about that. He didn't yeah. really look like him, and his voice was okay. But the guy they had for Bush was bang on. Apparently, Osama bin Laden, Laden two dead or alive that series. Mm-hmm. Ter Ter bin Laden, whatever it's called. 
Um, it'll be in the show notes. I don't remember the name of this, but it's about like a guy, like an Osama bin Laden impersonator. Anyways, mm-hmm. I haven't seen it. I don't know how it. much call there are for the, <laughs> that sort of job anymore. I haven't seen it, but apparently the Barack Obama in that one is very good. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I'll have to put that on my list of presidential uh, movies I should Terrible watch. Terrible Bin Laden, Dead or Alive or something? Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. <laughs> can't remember the name of that film. Um, Good yeah, thing I we think... didn't add that to our list of uh, Muslim-centric <laughs> films to watch. Um, yeah. But yeah, talk about a complete 180 from Kirpan. Uh, you go from right. every Muslim person, barring one, is you know an actual terrorist to... Every Muslim person, barring one guy at a mosque, is, you know, salt of the earth, awesome. Yeah. Cannot have a bad word said about them. There's no subtlety anywhere to be found in these films. And I I was hoping that there would be some. Yeah. A really interesting thing actually happened when Shahrukh Khan was promoting this film. Hmm. Uh, He was flying to the States to promote it in the U.S. Uh, This film was was released uh, everywhere and uh, at one point was one of the highest grossing uh, Bollywood films of all time. It has uh, Fox behind it, so... Yeah, yeah. A bit more of a marketing budget, a bit more of a reach in theaters. And he was stopped and briefly detained at an airport in the U.S. Yeah. And he had to reach out to the Indian consulate and... I've heard that happens (laughs) to him a lot, actually. Yeah, and I, people actually accused Karen Johar of setting this up as a publicity stunt. To which point, I think Johar said something about like, "Man, if I had that power, why would I make my friend go through this?" Interesting about <laughs> Karen Johar too, considering uh, the recent controversy w- with the Pakistani actors, where he had to come out during uh, Adil Haimushkal and say, right. "I'm super Hindu, love India, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Never use a Pakistani actor ever again." Whereas these two movies at least try to, you know, um, interact with uh, ideas about uh, being a Muslim in the modern age. Yeah. But it seems like now he would be even less likely to tackle this sort of material. I don't. Yeah, I don't know. It, I don't, I mean, it, he got burned with uh, with uh, Fawad Khan, right? So. But this. Yeah, but. I mean, this film was successful for him. I could see him tackling issues like this. Maybe he would even do a good job next time. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, we love Karen Johar, but this is this is not. This doesn't play to his strengths. No. You know, and I, I don't want to say you know, oh, he should just stick to fluffy romances. You know, I mean, I you know, human beings contain multitudes, and I, I am interested in his perspectives on all things. But just if you're if you're going to do this, you can't make it as simplistic and stereotyped as, as he did here. Like this, nothing resembles reality after a certain point in this movie. And that's a problem. But the first half was pretty decent. It- I really like that first half. And I mean, I, I feel like it goes without saying, but Shara Khan and Kajal have excellent chemistry. Yeah. Uh, and she is fantastic in this. Mm-hmm. She is so good. I mean, she's on one hand, gorgeous, but then also just like, she's so... She's got a lot of material to work with, yeah. Yeah, this film has so much empathy up until the point where it just like goes off the rails. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so, and you know, I wish, I wish we could recommend this film more, but... Yeah, yeah, you can watch first half. (laughs) Yeah, but I mean, it's really fun to only watch a first half of a movie. Yeah, you would never actually know. Yeah, well... I guess that brings us to the end of our episode. Um, as we mentioned... We tried. <laughs> as we mentioned, uh, if uh, anyone has any recommendations uh, for films for us around these issues, we would love to hear, hear them. Please yeah. send us your recommendations. I, you know, I would definitely recommend New York over both of these. Yeah. I think, oddly enough, the movie starring male model John Abraham <laughs> as a window cleaner who's also an international terrorist... He's is, not an international terrorist. He is potentially the most grounded and realistic of these three movies. It's crazy. He's but becoming it's true. a terrorist, but he's not international in scope. Sure. But, like, <laughs> he's enough that NSA or whatever, whoever Irfan was working for, is able to flip Neil Nitin Mikesh uh, to try and catch him. Like, that's the movie that isn't on the nose yeah. as much. You know what? I have to show you Dilsay soon because um, that's. That was the first Bollywood film I ever saw, mm-hmm. um, and I, I, I will be. It's also about terrorism, and I will be very interested to see what you take away from that one. I think that one does have a lot more nuance and subtlety from my memory of seeing it ten years ago. <laughs> doesn't take place in the states, though. Unfortunately. No, it doesn't take yeah. place in the states. 
Um, so that brings us to the end of this episode. Uh, thank you all for listening. Thank you for <laughs> indulging us on this one. Yeah. Thank you, thank you for indulging me, Aaron. I, you know, I, I thought we would be able to try and approach this topic, but we're, it's an incomplete process at yeah. this point. We, we can always try again. We wanted to say something. Yeah. Uh, we, we will be back in, uh, two weeks with a new episode. And, uh, this one's going to be on a much less serious topic. <laughs> it's going to be a bit lighter. Uh, we have a couple guests joining us. Uh, Devin Bruce will be back. From the Scotch and Comics podcast. Yes, along with uh, Danica LeBlanc. From Yeggs and Bacon, if I remember correctly. And Dr. Hooch. And Dr. Hooch. Yes, and uh, we will be discussing uh, dance competition movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we'll be looking at Happy New Year and ABCD2. The deuce. Yeah, so that'll that'll be fun. Uh, look for that in two weeks. In the meantime, Matt. Spoiler alert! I actually kind of love Happy New Year. <laughs> okay. In the meantime, Matt, how can people uh, keep up with the show? Where can they uh, tell us maybe about some of their own experiences or uh, film better film rights to watch? Sure. Well, you could find the podcast on Twitter at Bollywood Pod. You could find me on Twitter. I'm at Matt underscore B O W E S. I'm at Aaron E. Fraser, E-R-N-E-F-R-S-E-R. Yeah, you can find our Tumblr, which is surprisingly popular. Um, <laughs> You're always surprised by the popularity of our Tumblr. I write all those show notes, Matt. I know you do, but I, d- I, I, just, really hard on them. I just fundamentally don't get Tumblr. I, okay. I understand there's a lot of pornography there. It seems great. <laughs> but, uh, you know, the it, it seems kind of arcane to me. Anyway, if you want to appreciate our pornography-free Tumblr, it's... Uh, Bollywood is for lovers at tumblr.com. You can uh, listen to the show on uh, iTunes, on Audio Boom, on Stitcher, whatever your favorite podcatcher is. Google Play, I think, too. And We're every worldwide, baby. Yeah, and while you're over at iTunes, please, if you're a fan of the show, consider leaving us a star rating and a review. Uh, whenever we get a review, we read them out on air, so you can uh, make us say all sorts of uh, funny things if you really want. If you want us to mispronounce um, stuff... You're talking to the right people. It really helps uh, new listeners find the show. It really helps us in those podcast rankings, and we really appreciate it. Um, if you haven't gotten enough of me, because uh, everyone likes hearing me talk about movies, you can listen to my weekly show with Paul Matwichuk called uh, Trash Around the Movies. You recently did an episode on um, Kelly's Heroes and uh, Three Kings. And, uh, and I recommended it. And yeah. you're doing another one I recommended, too. Yes, yes. We have an episode coming up on uh, Snakes to New York. And in the month of madness, so, it's a show where you pick two stuff. movies with similar topics: one high art, one low art, and yeah. see which one's better. Yeah, good stuff, good stuff. Yeah, and uh, yeah, we'll be back in two weeks. Thank you for indulging us. <laughs> <laughs>